Welcome to a muzzled chat. I don't know if you guys are picking up by now, but it's Wednesday and we have the one and only amazing Arthur in studio <laughs> again and super excited to spend some time. And as always, as, as we uh, we're just bantering back and forth pri- prior to recording this morning, it's every bit of our conversation just so good. It's like... And, it, it, and this was a little different. This was a little more just raw and honest because like, I mean, we'll, we'll even start with, it was interesting. It's like I played back some of the episode of the Jan 6 defendant yesterday. I kind of had a humbling moment where I was like, man, I just don't know how much additional value I'm adding to the podcast realm and the positive impact I've sought out to have right uh, and, and i was just being very self-critical now i even had a roommate we had a brief discussion over this kind of uh talking point and he's like well cut yourself some slack you're still relatively new because if you're doing a comparison to the charlie kirks of the world they've been doing this a long time you know even though you may date some of them like charlie kirk uh, in age, they've been doing, uh, you know, public speaking and all these events for years and thousands of times each year. So they definitely have more experience than me. Um, so it is just interesting because you see the world bleeding and you just want to have more impact like right away and and that's kind of a problem even with today's culture where patience is a virtue and just to stay at the grind and and be yeah with time hopefully there'll be enough refinement on my end and i'll kind of just really catch a stride that it's gonna just add that value to where people really tune in and feel like sharing and and all that so let's open with prayer yeah you know what let's go for that wonderful jesus we come before you today with thanksgiving giving you thanks for the great salvation that you have supplied to the world through faith in you Oh, may the things that we talk about today lift people, remove the burden from their shoulders because of their sense of lack of doing the right thing and uh, realize that you've got enough good that you just need hands and feet and ears and mouth, uh, which in this world, you're looking for us to provide that. Uh, you provide all the good we could ever need. So we thank you for that today. Amen. Amen. So um, a lot of things we could touch on on just what you uh, were talking about on your introduction. But Right. That's right. But one of the things that uh, we, we first talked about. Yeah. yeah I tell you, I love having this Bible open. I really do believe that when that Bible is open, God is in the room. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So this morning, when when you sent the text about us, you know the the 
the potential of today's episode, I was just like, yep, I just had to get out of my own way and be excited for this, which, which I always am. Now with that, I was just like, okay, ever, uh, ever since that text, I was just like, I need to get up. I need to, I was wrapping up red light, uh, therapy treatment and catch up on some of these daily devotionals. I just felt that draw and I was thirsty and I needed it. And by the time my dog was barking because you were out front, I just, I, I didn't have the time that, that I didn't cut out the time. And that's weighing on me because I know it's to like my own detriment because this fills me up because like this, this gets me into the, the Bible every time. And it's just a beautifully daily habit to acquire. And with time, anyone that's, you know, kind of experienced that knows what I'm talking about. So how do you think God looks on the situation when you miss that opportunity to spend with him? How do you think he views that? I think he'd view it like he'd be he'd be saddened but not saddened in a way of you're displeasing me. I think he would be saddened in the way of like like my son, I've I've paved the way for you and and you're you're not progressing on that path. You're you're kind of taking the rougher road. So I think in a way it's, it's that, but he's, he'd be excited when I'm, I'm going to get through it today. I just, it would have been nice to go into this episode with that enlightenment. Yes. And so he never, um, see what we think of that, that we miss something. We think we, we did wrong, you see, uh, by not, not coming to meet with him or not reading the scriptures today or, or not doing this or that today. Um, see, uh, 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 in, in Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter that, you know, we, we like to read at uh, marriages, see, it says, love keeps no record of wrong. Mm. The scriptures also declare that God is love. So uh, don't think that God keeps a record of your wrong. But he does, with excitement, look forward to meeting with each of us every day with the idea that, that we don't just meet with him for a few minutes every morning, but that that, that grows so that he's the, the preeminent part of our thinking all day long, all night long. He wants to be involved in every area of our life right. all the time. But he never <clears throat> keeps a record of what we think would be wrong or that we missed this opportunity. He's always excited when we do come to him. Right. So, <clears throat> and from our perspective, uh, the benefits of meeting with him are are tremendous. And, and right. so we feel the lack Whenever we miss that time, mm. <clears throat> something's missing. And, and uh, so uh, the accumulative effects of meeting with the Lord every day 
are like the, the accumulative effects of meeting with the Lord and spending time in the Word of God every day, no matter how much time it is, is like if you went to the dentist and you got an x-ray. You'd walk out of there and think, well, nothing happened. But if you went in there every day and got an x-ray, every day, day after day, week after week, month after month, that flesh right there would begin to die because of the accumulative effects of that radiation. So as you meet with the Lord every day, the accumulative effects of being in His presence and power, you're being radiated with it, infused with it, something of that old way of thinking, something of that old way of living begins to die. And something the of the Christ way. in you begins to come alive. Mm. So the accumulative effects of meeting with him every day can't be underestimated or um, over-exaggerated. Yeah, I, I believe that 100% to be true because I felt myself when I was... Yeah, like initially that analogy, I was like, okay, that's an interesting one, Arthur. Kind of far out. You're you're associating potentially something bad, but with something good. But but you 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 tied it in beautifully. Where no, it's your old self, like the <clears throat> the defective self is dying. The worldly way of thinking. Right. The worldly way of seeing things. See yes, what what is mind. your see what is your worldview? How do you view the world? Mm. Do you view the world from God's perspective? How God sees it? Do you think He's an angry God, waiting to hurt you? Well, you see that that would be a wrong worldview from God's perspective. But there is a worldview. You know, we were touching on it a little bit, uh, you know, concerning evolution. You know, a lot of people believe in evolution. I believe in creation. See. Well, see, that that's what's because, wow, we're, we're from different times to an extent. And it's interesting with with the robust growth with tech, the technological advances that have been happening in AI and what our phones and these little pocket devices are even capable of are having astronomical effects. So even, I even feel kids now are going to experience things entirely different than five, 10 years from now. And so it's hard, it's hard for us to even grasp. And that's where I was like, wow, it'd be fun to kind of shift things a bit in our conversation to humanly what you know through your time here have you seen the shifts in the world that tie all this together and, and you're you're really already honing in on it as to how we perceive how we're wired you know how and and it's our environment so much that that kind of establish the the initial wiring and hard wiring to things and it's so healthy to look around and challenge all of that internally 
because I myself have seen it, it was interesting, like how resilient beings we are. But I look back at like, say, emotional turmoil and trauma, like from little experiences as, as a kid and how like we we can evolve in all these other things like as a as a being through our time but unless we address some of that emotional state and and how we see certain events in our youth like it could impact us for our whole time here um yeah i don't mean to get too lost in the weeds there but well you know just to kind of touch on that a little bit um the things that happen to us in our youth impact how we view our world. Hundred percent. Yep. And uh, I'll just I'll just go through a little bit of uh, event in my life when I was five years old. Uh, at five years old, um, I was outside playing, and my uh, grandmother, my dad's mother, was over, and. Uh, Whenever I come back into the house from playing, my mother and my grandmother had been redecorating my bedroom. And um, um, my mother had bought me this nice little rug that she had that had been laying on the foot of my bed. It was beautiful. It was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, you know, and nice colors and everything. And uh, they had taken that off and put it up on the wall over the front of my bed, the top, uh, the headboard there up over that. And uh, it looked so good. Mm. And uh, the whole room looked so good. But I pitched a fit. I pitched a fit. Would have nothing to do but that thing taken down and put back on the foot of the bed. And... Uh, no discussion that they would have would convince me otherwise. Mm. It had to be back there where I, where it had been. Changed my room, didn't ask me about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, my mother got angry and jerked it off the wall and put it back on the foot of the bed and stormed out of the room. And I knew I should apologize to her, and I knew I should tell her that, that it was... Uh, it had looked really good, and I'd really like for it to be back up on the wall, but I was stubborn hmm. and uh, wouldn't wouldn't give in. I got my way. That was good enough. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so um, a little bit of time went by, not long, maybe a week, something like that. Um, my dad and I took a, a vacation trip. We had had one of these Chevrolet Corvairs, and I don't know if you know what that is, but anyway, uh, we took a trip from Florida up into Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, we were gone for a week or two. We come back. When we get back, um, I, we didn't lock doors back then, you know. What a time. Uh, I'm five years old. That would have been in 1960. Wow. And uh, I went running through the house calling for Mama, you know, so glad to be home and to see her, and she wasn't there. Yeah, but there was a note on the table, you know, a letter in an envelope. So I grabbed the letter and uh, ran, ran to Daddy, and I said, Daddy, Daddy, Mama's not here, but she left a note. So he opens the note up, and uh, I said, what does it say? What does it say? He said, Son, Mama's gone. I said, well, when's she coming home? 
He said, son, she's not ever coming home. Wow. And I knew right then she had left because I had made her so angry. No. Yep. My fault. Mm-hmm. My worldview changed right then that I am bad. And if anybody knew how bad I was, they wouldn't like or love me either. So now I've got to hide who I really am. Wow. And I've got to put forward this face of being so good so that people will like me mm. and accept me. And I wound and not up. Leave you. And not leave in your me. Mind. Yeah. Wound up living with my grandparents right shortly after that on my mother's side. They raised me. Thank God they did. I'm probably better off having been raised by my grandparents than by my own parents. But um, they gave me a stability. But every night, you see, I would be crying, weeping. Uh, uh, because I miss my mother and my daddy, and that I was the reason they weren't mm. here, the reason they couldn't live together was because of me. I was the problem. And so um, you go through life like that, and it makes you a people pleaser. You do things mm. to please people, and some of the things that I've done to please people were illegal because mm. I wanted to fit in, you see. And it's not as, yeah, fitting in, it's not really genuine. But I wanted to be accepted. Right. I wanted to be liked. I didn't want to be uh, abandoned. I didn't want to be ostracized. Right. And uh, so, see, now that followed me. That, yeah. All the That's way. That's a deep one. That would be very hard to, uh, it, it, we sweep it under the rug and, and we don't do it due diligence on acknowledging and going into and being honest and healing like honest with yourself and healing from everything we see even as a christian what a good cover for being a people pleaser Mm. you see because uh, as a christian you're supposed to do good things you know you're supposed to be a servant you know and and so i was Mm. and any church i was in or a part of Oh, they liked Arthur. You know, uh, you ask him to do something, boy, he was right on it, you know. Oh, man. Because he wanted to be, see, they didn't know. But I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be cared about. And and so even up to moving out here, you see, and uh, uh, and being a part of our church here, mm-hmm. uh, Two Rivers Church in Gilbert, Arizona, you're welcome to come see us <clears throat> i don't normally tell us tell you where i go to church because i want people to find god and go to the church he leads them to yeah. you don't have to be a part of mine my church but you're welcome there uh, and i think it's the best one in arizona the best one i've ever found in the united states don't, don't mean it is the best but i think it is but anyway for, for yeah <laughs> so here i am 65 years old Going to church here, and anytime somebody asks Art to do something, yeah, no problem. I'll get right on that. Hmm. Yep. And you know what? I began to hear my wife say things that I hate hearing her say. I hate hearing her say this. She said, you always have time for everyone else, but you never have time for me. Hmm. And man, she's the one I love more than anybody. She's the one I want her to know I'm there for her. Right. See, and when she's feeling that way, I got to check that. 
100%. But I've got her. She's not leaving me. These mm. other people I got to deal with, you know. And so, so I start Celebrate Recovery, which is a 12-step program. Wow. Okay. And, and the only reason I did was because my pastor asked me to be a part of it because we're just starting it. They've tried to get it started several times, and it never went through. We've been in it for almost five years now. This February will be five years that we started uh, Celebrate Recovery. Mm. And um, uh, so I told Tom, I said, Tom, I, I don't have a drug problem or an alcohol problem. And he said, I, he said, I realize that. He says, but <clears throat> I've only felt this way about uh, a few people in my life, and I really feel that, that, uh, that, that uh, God is telling me to ask you to be a part of it. Wow. And so I agreed to that, uh, not knowing what in the world would I have to offer somebody who has those kind of issues. What I wasn't aware of was what these people, what Celebrate Recovery and the people that are in it were going to offer me. Mm. And so we start start through, start Celebrate Recovery. We get into it, and I start my first step study, which is you go through the 12 steps. It's about a nine-month to one-year that it takes to go through these 12 steps. Um one day a week, in addition to the normal Celebrate Recovery meeting, this is separate from that, a group of guys or a group of women, women with women, men with men, you go through these steps. And in the fourth step, it's a life inventory. And um, you're supposed to list uh, the things that you've been hurt by in your life and the things that you've hurt others. Hmm. And how did this affect you? Uh, your your view of life, uh, how did it affect you emotionally and mentally and sexually and, and all, all those kind of questions. And then the last thing on there is, what part did you have in this? You know, were you responsible for it? Were you not responsible for it? And so... Every morning, I'm holding this life inventory before the Lord, waiting for something to come, because I'm not wanting to probe through my soul and my mental, you know, my, I don't, I'm not wanting to probe myself to find my faults, because I'll come up with faults, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I want to know what God wants to deal with. So, the first thing that's coming up was this thing about at five years old, blaming myself for my parents' divorce. And I would not write it into my inventory because it wasn't true. I wasn't responsible for that divorce. It was a non-issue. But nothing else was coming day after day. Wow. A couple of weeks went by. I can't. Nothing's coming to me except this. So finally I wrote it in. As soon as I wrote it into my inventory, boop, 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 three other things popped up. Wow. Went through the all the questions. And I was able to answer all of the things, except for that last question on this thing about feeling responsible for my parents' divorce. I wanted to put in there. I had no part in this, but for some reason I, I couldn't. I couldn't write that in. Hmm. And so one day, uh, probably a couple of weeks have gone by now since I agreed to put that in there, and these other things popped up. And 
filled out all that for the other things. And I'm stepping off in my pool one day, and I'm just thinking to God. And I said, I had no part in this as I'm stepping off in the pool. And it dawns on me, I did have a part in this. My part was, at five years old, I believed the lie that I was responsible for my parents' divorce. And with that, hmm. I just thought to him, I said, well, what is the truth? And these words come ringing back. You have never been abandoned by the one that loves you the most. He's always been there watching over you, taking care of you, providing for you, leading you, and guiding you even to this very place and time wow. to realize this. With that, all I can say is something tangible happened. You, I couldn't see it, but I sensed it that this lie that had been in my soul all those years crumbled away. And that truth settled down in my soul, and I knew I would never be the same. I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know what it would look like. But as the days and wow. the weeks went by, people would begin coming to me at church, you know, because I'm the facility specialist there. If there's anything that needs to be done, it pretty much goes through me. And they would ask me, Arthur, could you do this? And I would say, you know, I don't really have time for that. I've really got to go home. And, uh, and I found out that they didn't like or love me any less. Matter of fact, I think they really uh, appreciated and respected me more because I could say no. I'd never been able to say no before. Wow. Now I could say no. Not only no to that, I could say no to other things, too. See? And so... Powerful. Uh, yes. Big change in my life. Just that one thing. I've been through two other step studies and about to go through another one. It's so huge. That's so... I mean, with that, thanks for joining us. That's a wrap. <laughs> that was so profound. No, this is not a wrap. Just thought that'd be funny. Um, my goodness. The vulnerability you just had, like, with that and, like, the acknowledgement... And, and whether it's through, I mean, it, it's interesting. You keep saying the 12 step. It just reminds me of my experience with AA, you know, and, and how beneficial that was for me. I mean, there's a saying in those groups where, yeah, it could be overused, but every now and then someone genuinely means it where they are grateful alcoholics because it was through the alcohol and their problems in the obvious sense with this drug essentially that that got them to where they were in that meeting and they were able to hone in on their internal character defects and defective wirings and things and so much of it so much of it goes back to kind of just these childhood experiences and things entirely out of their control. The majority of which from what I've seen is more so broken families. And that's where I can see how hard evil and, and the demonic and whatnot has, has been at work in this world, in this life to break up 
families to weaken all of us, to have us defectively wired to where essentially we rule out God, you know, and that, that had been my walk and, um, and it's not even a comparison, like everyone's unique situation. Cause like there was a book I read where was it in the bonds that make us free or was it this, it was this other one, but they compared a gal that was raped to this other gal that didn't get a popsicle at five years old and their traumas later on basically being equally as damaging to each of these individuals you know this the and obviously you with wisdom and age and maturity you could look at the two and it's like well there's no comparison you know, but, but at the different development stages of these individuals, this one being older and they, they basically just felt, uh, they both had the same character defects in a sense. And it took just as much work. Some may even argue since this popsicle story goes back to being five years old, um, it was harder to acknowledge it. In fact, might've even taken more work, you know, I would hope. <clears throat> that the the parent that uh, refused to give that young girl a popsicle had a good reason for that. It was uh, not eating in the book. It was not finishing the dinner. When the other sister finished her dinner and got the popsicle, right? That's where she started developing the "I'm not good. I'm not like I'm the pro. Like uh, they don't love me" type of mentality, and that carried over in, into adulthood and then finally like you you mentioned that five year five five years back like going back i mean it some may even argue like that was great parenting mm -hmm. you know and maybe this sign or this child didn't um exhibit uh that much to identify like what really was going on the reality of for all of us involved we could do things better right so it would have been nice in this scenario for the parents to acknowledge the devastation that was happening from the experience and, and articulate and address it and heal, you know, help mend it. But we're all perfectly imperfect. Right. But it just highlights like your story being I, and, and, and ones like this, like how it's a forever work. We're never going to get the perfect wiring and, 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 and it's just such a worthy pursuit to uh especially if it's keeping us from the one who loves us most mm -hmm. like because we keep entrusting and like broken sources and it's just gonna it, it shouldn't that's it, why everyone's just got to put in the work for themselves but you know we talked about the little girl that was refused the popsicle what about the the lady or the little girl who's been forced to do something that she didn't want to do. Nobody deserves that. Nobody. You're right. Not, not a woman. Right. Not a young boy or a man. Right. Needs to be forced in. That you, 100%. And, and, and many times, I say many times, a certain amount of those times, uh, the person that was abused is made to feel as though they were the reason. They mm. were the problem, you see. Yeah. And that is not true. You did. No one deserves that. Right. 
And yeah, so- yeah, I'm with you. That it's in a lot of things that happen in this country, and with the uh, invasion and things. I I think be aware of your surroundings. You know, uh, learn to carry or pepper spray all sorts of things to just be prepared right listen to your intuition the spirit i mean god's here to help help not put us he doesn't want these type of things to happen so he he doesn't want these things to happen but they do happen right you see see let me let me go back uh to this this uh a statement that I made that that my part was I believed the lie. Yeah. See, now if we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, that was the beginning of our problems. When Adam and Eve believed a lie. When they believed mm. a lie, they acted on it. And 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 you and everyone out there that's listening are acting on the lie that they believe. Mm. And so if you want to change the way you act, we need to change what you believe. Wow. Believe what you believe about yourself, mm-hmm. what you believe about God, what you believe he wants for you, mm-hmm. how what how you believe he views you. You know, it, it's easy uh, for somebody to say God loves you and, and that is so right and true. You? Does he love you? And, and and to what degree does he love you? So getting his view of you. I like that. Getting his view of you. See, how does he view you? Well, mm. the scripture says that he created you in his own image and in his own likeness. I think there's so much love and brightness to that we can't even grasp it. So, so, see, he created people individually to in his image to look like him. So you must be beautiful <laughs> and 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 uh, in his own likeness. So to, to act like him, see, to have his view. See, he loved Adam and Eve, hmm. even after they sinned, you see. He didn't come into the garden and grab them by the nap of the neck and toss them out. No. He come into the garden, knowing where they were, said, where are you? Where are you today? Hmm. Where are you today? Because God is saying that to you. Wow. Where are you? I've come to you. Will you come to me? I want you. Do you want me? I need you. Do you need me? I love you. Do you love me? Wow. I'll receive you. <laughs> Will you receive me? You see? This is exactly what we need going into 2024. You know, we talked here in the last podcast, I think, about what we have in the bank. Mm-hmm. See? And, and um, as we uh, develop our relationship with God and begin to, uh, well, first off, let me say that the minute we receive Christ as our Savior, 
we have everything we could ever need or want or desire in the bank. Now, that doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect in life. It doesn't mean that everything will be devastation as a, as a course of life. But the natural process of the Christian should be blessing after blessing. But that doesn't mean you won't have problems and, and you'll, you'll suffer sorrow or lack. You, that, you, that doesn't mean you won't, won't have those things. What it does mean is that in the midst of all that, you'll have peace. See, that's what we have in the bank. Mm. We'll have joy. That's what we have in the bank. We'll have right standing with God. That's what we have in the bank. See? Purpose. We'll have purpose. Yeah. So uh, don't ever be afraid to come to God because he has already come to you. He wants you. He showed your value to him. Don't ever think that you're not valuable. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Because the value that God placed on you was the price that he paid for you, mm -hmm. which was that God considered your value equal to his own self. Mm. See, only as a man could God die, pay your price, and suffer your penalty. So God worked it out where he could become a human being <laughs> and take all of your wrongdoing upon himself suffer for you and die and pay your penalty so that you don't ever have to. How? Just by believing in him. Just like Adam and Eve believed the lie of the enemy, now all you've got to do is believe the truth of God. That's simple. Hmm. That, that simplicity got us into this mess, and that simplicity can get God and his provision back into our life. Right. And so, you know, I've, I've gone through uh, uh, about a year and a half of not having any job. Unemployment ran out after six months. But, see, I had peace. I had joy. I had right standing with God. And somehow, some way, my bills were paid, even though I had no job. Because, well... My roof needed to be pressure washed, so I pressure washed my roof. And then the guy over across the street wanted his pressure washed. And then there was a guy down the road had a motel room, wanted me to pressure wash his. So I was keeping myself busy and a friend of mine busy making money. We were wow. both out of work. Wound up building a room addition for a guy. And then we were did a remodel on somebody's house. And, and I was painting houses. Whatever came up to do, I was just doing. Whatever my hand found to do, I did it. And God blessed the work of my hand and mm. blessed a friend of mine in the process. And so I'm just saying that there's provision. There's a wonderful passage in the scriptures that says, I have been young and I have been old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their children begging for bread. It's like the scripture about the birds too, right? Yep. Just flying and they, they're not acquiring things like other critters or humans, right? And homes and yeah, they'll build temporary nests or this or that, but it's just serving a purpose for, you know, furthering the seed, so to speak. But 
their bellies are full. God provides for them. How much more is a person more valuable to God than a sparrow? Right. You see? And we have so much. And there's so many people are constantly toxically stewing in the lack, the famine, the the fear, food, all these things because they're they they're lacking the faith in the creator of of it all. Now, what if I had yeah. been out of work for a year and a half, and I just sat at home and I said, "Well, God will provide." You see. Well, yeah, what if I, I don't know if it works that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, because there's another part of the scripture that says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. See? Oh, wow. See? So uh, don't don't think that you're just going to sit there and twiddle your thumbs and God will. Right. You know, if a man doesn't work, then he shouldn't eat. Hmm. That was a hard message for a friend of mine. Hmm. I think he finally got the message. Yeah. I mean. That, yeah. <laughs> well, your testimony, no doubt, like that whole experience, like, man, that, that, I'm sure pearls on a lot of people's heartstrings, but we got to do the internal work to overcome and grow. And it, it, it's, it's like with your testimony, it should be a road that, that just, Wow, sees the light in your eyes now, and you know it it strengthens my resolve to hold myself more uh, accountable right and and take the because it is it is to my benefit and the biggest blessings of all and it's and it's far greater like that peace oh the scripture says. You will show me the ways of life and the joy of living with you forever. Hmm. But you see, we don't have to wait till the, the sweet by and by to start enjoying that forever. Hmm. See, he can show us the way of life now if we'll spend time in the word, find out what he has said and uh, believe that because what we believe we will act on. See, and we'll act on what what he has said and he he will show us the way of life and then we will begin to enjoy living life with him mm. forever starting today. You don't have to wait till later. Right. Do you feel that there's kind of a revival right well, now happening across the world? I mean, to me it seemed I mean, it's interesting. I always felt like I was born in the wrong era. I should have been slinging six shooters or swinging a battle axe, like not worrying about a credit score and all the layers to today, just more so survival and food and cool and your horse. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's interesting Would I have had faith in at all, because there's, there's grave blessing to being alive in the world today. I mean, there's a, we, we, there is a lot of abundance and I feel collectively as God's children, we can ensure more abundance and thrive town. Uh, we just got to get out some pushback against some evil tyrannical actors that, that are intentionally d disrupting and suppressing and, uh, spreading all, all sorts of shenanigans. But, um, it's so black and white 
where I can see through quick research evil hard at work where you literally go down some of those roads you see the devil himself just draws you towards it, it, it it's faith building right so if if we look at the evil in the world can we can we see what's going on and maintain our peace and our joy in the midst of that see we got to draw on our bank yes of what God has for us, even in the midst of trouble. See, there. Well, are, I don't even think you have to do much research nowadays. Like no. you just, you just have two ears and two eyes, and you use them effectively throughout your day. And you're like, whoa, yeah, I better start spending more time on my knees, you right? Can, you and can, that will build that bank up. The scriptures tell us that in the end times, people will be calling right wrong and wrong right wow and every day (laughs) so so, okay all right right there we see the scriptures coming to pass uh and so do do we get upset about that we well we do what we can we do what we can we don't tolerate it but it's not to disrupt our peace see we don't tolerate that in our life but we do want to be tolerant of those who have that mentality. That's a thing when we speak out on a lot of the people that have, let's just say, fallen for a lot of this woke agenda and culture and propaganda. It, it's it's to hate the sin, not the sinner. It's it's my heart goes out to a lot of these individuals. Now, I might be bullnose and say some things at sometimes which comes off brash and harsh because I'm human. But forgive me. Because the reality of it is, I'm not even, I, I, I just see where these people, a lot of people end up and it's like, ah, oh, that's a, that it, it just, it just like your situation at five years old, it pains me. It makes me want to go back in time and meet your five-year-old self and be like, Hey kiddo, this, this is not you. It has nothing to do with you. It's kind of like that same situation. They just are wrapped up in this this movement. And, you know, because my biggest ask, it's not that I want to just come in and change your view. Because, I mean, the reality of it is it is your choice. And I and I have love for you no matter what you choose. I, you know, I just don't want – it's it, sad to see it have a negative impact on others. But – uh I just the one ask is that people keep an open mind and and do, and look into things and do more research than like so much of it today is just sourcing information. You know, I have never um, changed anyone's mind by pointing out their sin, mm-hmm. pointing out where they're wrong, arguing things with them. I've not changed a single mind or a heart about that. Right. You know what has changed them? Love. Yeah. Love has changed them. You know, I I, I got two friends. Uh, John, I won't, won't say his last name. I'd love to, and he probably wouldn't mind if I did. And another friend named Bill. Uh, one was a drug addict, and the other was demon-possessed. And what they will tell you impacted both of their lives was love. Mm. Picking them up every day, taking them to work, taking them back home, bringing them to church if they wanted to, 
not condemning them if they didn't. Mm-hmm. I just loved them and took care of them and and uh, and bought things for them. Not because I was trying to buy them into faith or anything like that. It's just you know they needed a jacket, they needed food, they needed help. It just being there to help them. Mm-hmm. They became on fire Christians and have won hundreds of people to the Lord through their love. Right. And so go ahead. Oh, there's just so many different scenarios that we couldn't even go through them all. I just, it's interesting because a lot of the love under the guise of like live and let live has been kind of a, a problem that has allowed a level of deterioration, not just in this nation, but worldwide these days where, um, Christians are flexing on biblical truths, you know, and so you kind of question like, okay, what is most loving in certain situations? And it's never to, there's a way you can communicate with other individuals where you're never stepping outside of seeing, like losing sight of love for that individual. And the point, the conversations having a certain level, like the, like you're not going to be able to, so you, now you can just show up in a loving way for that individual. The conversation's pretty much over, but there, there is a level of like staying in the realm of reality versus affirming someone's delusional, like toxic beliefs. Uh, that is a more loving stance to have, but there's a, it's just a tricky, it's a tight rope to walk there's no need to demean anyone for their lifestyle or what they believe. Uh, no reason to accuse them or condemn them uh, for what they're doing. Well, now Jesus said, he says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Well, then why would we want to? Mm. Right. He sent his son into the world that they might be saved. He went to the broken and the sickly. He, he said, I don't condemn you, but if you don't believe in the one whom God has sent, you're condemned already. And I, I have found that most people know that they're not right with God. If they're not, they know they're not right with God. They already feel that condemned condemnation. They don't need to be for me to come in telling them that. They need to to know the love of God. They need mm. to know how to come out of that. They need to know that He's He wants to accept them and to receive them and to lift them and to help them and to be there for them. Mm. And there, I guess, I guess there's been a lot because we cover we cover some of, and it's such a big one. Just that wiring, like our paths, it's a forever work. To, I mean, even on current events, you know, there's the. We constantly got to fight that subconscious and our react just natural reactions and fill it full of the better the better uh, side of everything. But um, there's a to address some of the influence around us too, because there's been you've seen probably a lot of shift. There's ble- great blessing with this technological advance and whatnot, but there's. Gosh dang, I can only imagine where where before you couldn't go walking down the street, you might have one out of ten not wave at you. 
you know, like, but now you can walk by, a, you might get one out of a hundred that waves at you. Yep. If, you know, so it's just a different, and I feel like God, evil has attacked that book, uh, just from every angle possible and just trying to get us all led astray and because because i kind of like how you said it if we're either we're either sons of god or sons of the devil One right or the other and and the choice is ours yeah that's that's essentially if you were to sum it up there's life experience all this refinement all these things to have but essentially we're brought here to make that choice you know everybody wants to think that we're all children of god we were all created by god for sure right when we were all created to be his children but because of sin and death that law of sin and death see you never have to teach a child to be stingy you never have to teach a child Mine. to be angry. Right. You never have to see. Nobody had to teach Just me the reaction. It, it was my nature. You see. Right. So, so in a way, you'd argue that we are naturally sons of the devil, essentially, because we're born into sin. We got to find our way. And so, Paul in in uh, uh, I think it's First Corinthians talks about a husband and the wife um, that the believing wife sanctifies the unbelieving husband or the believing husband sanctifies the unbelieving wife and so also the child is sanctified in the believing family mm -hmm. let's go back to the garden Eve eats of the fruit now I think it was pretty brave of her to do that because Adam wanted it. <clears throat> I believe Adam wanted it. He was there with her, you know, and, and he's listening to everything that, that the enemy is saying. But, and, and she was preaching good. You know, God said not to eat of it. And, and, uh, but not a peep out of him. He don't say amen. He doesn't say nothing, you know. Hmm. She's standing up best she could. I think he wanted it. And she had the intestinal fortitude to eat it. But even after she ate it, the fall didn't happen. Why? Because the believing husband sanctifies the unbelieving wife. Hmm. When Adam ate it, boom, sin came into this world. Death came upon everything. Everything changed. They were afraid. They were hiding. Hmm. You know, are you afraid today? Are you hiding? What are you hiding from? Hmm. Wow. See, so... God comes in the garden. Where are you? See, that's what he's saying to you today. Where mm -hmm. are you? Wow. Come to me. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18 says, the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. Not condemn you, not accuse you of, look what you did. That's not God. That's the devil. Jesus said he's the accuser, the condemner, the liar, the thief, the murderer. You had a loved one that died. It wasn't God that killed that, that loved one. 
because of sin, death has been brought into this world, and that was because of humanity's sin and the enemy of God and us, the devil, Mm -hmm. who's the ruler of this world. He rules this world. He rules Mm -hmm. this world system. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to think that there's a... uh, conspiracy if there's a conspiracy it's a conspiracy of people who are influenced by the devil and they don't even realize it Mm. doing the devil's work yeah see and that's Mm. what that's what god originally created people for was that he would be able to express himself through people his love his goodness Mm. his provision his purpose god has a purpose in life you know, I went through many years trying to get God interested in my ideas. Right. Yep. Yeah. It didn't really work until I began getting interested in his ideas. When I got interested in God's ideas, I began to find my purpose in his plan. I had plans. But Why, God had a plan. We sure act like in this life, this is this is all we got. This is everything we're all in this is forever this is what matters we are all visiting 10 out of 10 people will die (laughs) right not one of them is gonna make it we're all going somewhere we're all going somewhere to seek that for ourselves now the devil in history and the ones he's influenced would have people believe in evolution would have people believe in this just aliens from another realm seeded the world with with our life right see if the devil can get people to believe in anything other than what god has done through jesus christ he wins that part of the battle he loses in the end but see you know, he knows his end is near. See, the minute sin happened, sin and death, the time began ticking. Hmm. And he knows his time is almost up. Hmm. And his reign on this world is almost over. And every time... You begin to cast out a devil. They scream the loudest just before they leave. And he is pitching a fit right now because he knows his time is near. Hmm. Wow. Him and all his minions. (laughs) And all those whom he has deceived. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. And some of them are really effective kind of the wolf in sheep's clothing yep really effective but you gotta look not at the words or the face or the attire or the makeup or the filters you know it judge their character don't even judge like base base their fruit on their actions you know intentions you know People say that that the highway to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. Well, okay, all right, I can buy that. Mm-hmm. But see, the good thing is, is that when when God looks on the heart of a person, He's looking 
at the intentions, what they intended. See, you can, with all the best intentions, be trying to help somebody, and what you're doing turns to dust. But God looks on the intention. He looks on the heart of the person. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is good works, good deeds Mm -hmm. won't get you to heaven. If doing good things could get you to heaven, then Jesus would not have had to die and pay your price and suffer your penalty. True. So, see, in in Galatians and in other places, but in Galatians chapter 5, it says the only thing that matters is faith in Jesus expressing itself through love. It matters. But in chapter 6, he says the only thing that counts is whether or not you've been made a new creature in Christ. Mm. Have, has the, his blood that was shed washed away your sin? Have you been made a new creature, born again, made alive unto God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Oh, you see, all these things, these words that are used in the Scriptures— that two-thirds of the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul, who wasn't one of the original 12 apostles, all of these things that are written there about the new creature and about the re- being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and all of these words that he uses comes out of the Old Testament. Hmm. And specifically, many of it, much of it comes out of Leviticus, which is all about the sacrificial laws concerning sacrifices of which every sacrifice has to do with a type of Jesus, which Jesus was the anti-type. This was a a picture. The the sacrifice was a picture, a portrayal of what Christ was going to do Hmm. on that cross. And so everything that Paul is talking about in the New Testament in his letters to the other churches comes out of that. Hmm. It's beautiful. I, for years, decades, I read through Leviticus just because it was in the lineup. Got to get through it, but I couldn't wait to get out of it. But here, this this past year, 2023, man, God opened that up to me. Wow. And, and it happened because I, I I was starting over with Genesis again, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Numbers, you know, Leviticus. And, and uh, or Leviticus and then Numbers, I'm in Leviticus and I opened it up to Leviticus and I said, Lord, what do you want me to know about this? Because I know that there's nothing in these scriptures that's not important, but I had never understood it and I just couldn't wait to get out of it. But it was in the lineup, so I had to read it because that's just my makeup. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and wow, the first chapter Things mm. just begin to come alive. The words begin to come off of this page of that book and fill my mind. And oh my goodness! Wow, I was I was in the book of Leviticus for a couple of months. So most everybody, I think, has a Bible. If you don't have one, get one. Start out with the New Living Translation. It's a good translation. Is it perfect? No, but it's near enough perfect that you can find God speaking to you out of it, and that's what's important. Mm. And it doesn't matter if it's the New Living Translation or the King James or the NASB or the NRSV. 
just get you a Bible and start reading it. And the things that stand out to you, write them down. Think about them. Mm -hmm. Because that's what God is saying to you. If you're looking in here and you feel, feel a little condemned or convicted about what you're reading, well, then ask God to open that up to you, to help you with it. Because if you're, if you're seeing something in here that it, it's reflecting what's going on in here, you feel condemned. You're, you're reading this and you feel condemned. It's like a mirror that you're looking into. If you're reading something here and, and, uh, and, and you're, you're, you know you're right with God, but you feel convicted over what's being said, mm. well, you know, ask him to help you with that so that, so that you can be made, made good with that. It's just a mirror showing you what's going on in here. Don't, don't feel too bad about it. Feel glad about it. Hallelujah. <laughs> wow, Arthur. Oh, my gosh. This is, this is good stuff. I'm, I'm going to step it up. Okay. I want to check out this, uh, what would you call it, 12-step program? Yep. Down there? We're starting a new, new uh, step study here soon, probably yeah. in February. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to check out some of those other 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 uh groups offered too. You mentioned what what was on Monday? Oh that's that's uh that's when we have our regular large group and small group. Okay. Which large group is um we have a time of fellowship beforehand where we have some snacks and coffee and stuff. Well, our meeting starts at seven o'clock, uh where we have about twenty minutes of worship. That's about two or three songs. Uh, then we have either a teaching or a testimony. Then we hand out what we call recovery chips, which, you know, for people who've gone, uh, you know, you get your first chip, your blue chip, you get your first chip. And then 30 days later, uh, you know, once you've been clean 30 days and, and 60 days and 90 days, six months, right on, right on up. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then uh, we break up into small groups at 8 o'clock. And small group is... Uh, we have one group for mixed issues and one group for addictions. Hmm. So whichever, uh, there, there, some CRs that are larger have more different, more groups uh, with different specific, uh, that address specific issues, but we got mixed issues and addictions. And uh, that's men with men and uh, women with women. And... Um, we have certain rules. The main rule is is that what is said in this room stays in this room. Anonymity. And, yes, and confidentiality. Yeah. If it is found out that you have shared something uh, that Without was, proper consent. Yes. Yeah. See, that's if you share something in that group, that's your story to tell, not my story to tell. Mm -hmm. I'd. We don't even share that outside of that group with people that were in the group. In the group, right. We certainly don't take it home and share it with our wife or our husband. Right. We don't do that. No matter how much we want to, how much a blessing it would be to hear the testimony that this person has shared, mm -hmm. it doesn't go outside that room. So, Well, there's, there's uh, power with that. You know, so people could really be vulnerable and open up. And so, you know, if it's your first time there and it comes around to you and, and you don't want to share, you can just say, my name is Arthur and I'll pass. And it'll just go right on to the next one. Nobody will think bad of you or anything like that. Right. You're just you're just welcome and we're glad you're here. 
That's that's beautiful. I'm glad churches and other organizations are doing similar meet meetups. Um, yeah, because it took took so much from AA myself personally, mm-hmm. and definitely helped strengthen uh, my relationship with God too. Because got me in the book. Yeah, I don't know anything about AA. Never been to AA. Don't know anything about. Sounds it. so similarly similarly structured, but it's it's that's a good thing. I know that in CR, uh, our only high, higher power is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's there is no other higher power. Right. Uh, a friend of mine. Yeah, uh, they keep it open in the AA. They like, you know, you could start with the tree being your higher power. That's what a friend of mine you on know? Long Island said. That you could make that chair your higher yeah, power. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm going to need more than that. I know, I know. <laughs> but some people are so turned off by God and the ideas, just kind of due to, we, we've covered it, yeah. life experience and what the, the effectiveness of evil ruling, ruling them out in this life. They've tried to dis prove it scientifically or whatever but the reality of this word is that there's no other living writing that has been is accurate or like like what were those words i was trying to find about the bible before of foretelling like events oh it's a it's a prophetic book yeah uh it is a book of revelation mm-hmm. on who you are who god is mm-hmm. what he's doing in the world what he's going to accomplish in the world and what the end will be mm-hmm. yeah you can spend a life trying to disprove it versus seeking and spend the time and giving your due diligence to to feel for yourself whether that's where there's a lot of atheists former atheists as they've finally put in the time and had that awakening moment um end up end up being profoundly shocked that it took far more faith to believe there wasn't a god than in fact there is a living God and it's interesting there was a there was a story shared I believe it was on the Charlie Kirk podcast and it was this other pastor and he was out on a a beach in California or something there was a sun beautiful sunset just jaw-dropping we've all seen him but this gentleman just blurted out like something along the lines of uh moments like this you know there's a God and the gentleman with his girl next to him looks up, leans over and is like, I'm an atheist. And he's like, wow. Well, well he was a very charismatic, like, uh, personable guy. You could even hear it through, you know, his speech. And loving, just emitting love and was like, hey, if I essentially, if I could have 10 minutes of your time, we might could change. We, 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 we might, uh, uh, yeah, might could change that. And um, he's like, all right, let's go. Go for it. 
and and you knew the wisdom essentially right out the gate because he's like, well, let's at least define atheist so we're on the same page. Could you and he, give me the definition? And he gave the basic definition, you know, kind of traditionally, uh, just in the belief that there is no God, that everything just kind of happened. And um, so once I got that out of the way, he essentially just went right to it and said, look, are you aware of on the single campus at Harvard, there's over 70 million titles within this one library. And he's like, no. Well, so then he asked, well, have you read them all? No. Well, simple. You, I believe you not to have the credibility to claim pretty much anything, yet alone atheist. And he's like, well, what do you mean? Well, it's simple. Who's to say not one of those books or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, in fact, would breathe in things on the you don't know or understand and have a level of influence to and just experience like you're drawing a line in the sand when you haven't done your research. Mm -hmm. Like what? Why would we do that? Like it's literally I mean, you almost could see into his child self. And it had to be it had been experience. Well, friend or sibling died or something. I mean, you, you don't know. And right there, ruled out God. If yep. there's a God, can't allow. But you got to understand the free agency and the greater design of, of everything is to, like, he, he can't. His hands are tied. You know, he's here to love and support and be the light through us. But so, so it's, it's hard for me to describe. Anyway, um, this, this gentleman obviously was an in intelligent and instantly was like, I gotcha. Um, makes, makes sense. Uh, we'll we'll call it. Um, I'm now agnostic, and he's like, and then he, yeah, kind of had a chuckle and was just like, well, could I could I challenge you on that? And they they were laughing about it, and and he's like, I I just want to send you a book. I can't remember which title it was, but it was a book from C.S. Lewis. It's one I've actually had put on the roster for me to read because it sounds like. Sounds like I think C.S. Lewis might have been a former atheist and has some pretty profound, like, philosophical, like, revelations in his himself. He wrote he wrote the Screw Tape Letters. He also wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh wow! And if you've not read the Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> oh, you ought to open them up. I don't think you'll be able to put them down. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Well, he sent him out, got the exchanged info, sent him out the book. Not even two weeks later, he's like, look, I'm not a born Christian yet, but I'm on my way. Yep. Like, so, so pretty profound. Whereas like just a simple gesture and conversation and, and that's, that's for some individuals it it may not even be the moment, you know, they, they'll, they'll shut down like any talk, like change what do you mean change that's where i think his his verbiage might even been more inviting than what i just stated but it's it's kind of just a a beautiful thing 
Cause it, it, to me, it's like the more we know, the less we know in this life to an extent, just to stay open and, and listen. Right. And when you feel that peace, you feel that love, like it's just undeniable. And I'm just, I'm, I'm now fighting tooth and nail. I would like to say this to people cause I do have to wind it up and leave. Okay. You were created by God to be able to hear his voice. You were created to be able to communicate and fellowship with him. So it's like you are the receiver and he is the transmitter. So he's always speaking to you. He's always tugging on the strings of your heart. He's always wanting you to come to him. He's always telling you the truth. But can you receive it? Mm. See, most people, they drive down the road every day with some radio station on, something to distract them from the Spirit of God, the voice of God that's speaking to their heart, drawing on them, Mm. wanting to be distracted. They don't want to be alone. They don't want to be quiet. Mm. Take some time. Get alone with God. Or just take some time and, and just say, God, if I can know you, I want to. Mm. Just opening that door uh, gives him the opportunity to begin working in your life. Do that. 100%. So can we close the prayer? Yeah, that'd that'd be perfect. Father, we just come before you, and I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to share some of these interesting things. That, that we've discussed here today with those in on on the other end of this podcast I pray that I pray that that they would come to know you in a most wonderful way a way that will impact their life for the better and the lives of all those around them for the better forever in Jesus name amen amen thank you for joining us today till next time mm. God bless amen